0: Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley.
1: Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Ed, I'm back in the land of Korea, man. Yeah, yeah, got back earlier this week, and I will tell you, man. Well, there's a positive side. What's the positive side?
0: That means you're one step closer to going back to the States for good. So, I mean, you're closer to your tour being over.
1: I, when you said good, I almost thought there was a question mark at the end of that. Like, good? <laughs> so, <laughs> no.
0: yeah. Oh, no, no. Well, I told you, hey, if, if your son keeps training and doing his workouts in a day, I don't know if it'll be good if he goes. You go back and he puts his hands on you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, there'll be a discount on them hands, huh? Yeah, yeah. He's a beast, man. I'll tell you. But no, it's. I'll tell you. Um, I got back. I want to say it was. Um, it was Sunday, or yeah, it was Sunday evening, like late in the evening. And and you know, what I mean, brother, you you've traveled all around. You've had to go from Germany back to the states and back to Germany before. So you you know exactly what it's like. You know, with the whole. Uh, jet lag and whatnot, but it was uh it doesn't kick my butt so much during the day. The biggest problem is I'll fall asleep properly, be fine. And then two o'clock in the morning, boom, wake up and I can't go back to sleep. And it's like, it's been like that for, I don't know, past few days. I, I did sleep a little bit later today, but man, it really kicks my butt sometimes.
0: Yeah. I, jet lag is terrible. I remember when we first, when we first moved to, Germany, my wife and I both were struggling. So the first like two or three days, you're like, man, what jet lag? I got it. And then like day three, mid afternoon, you're like, oh, it's just over. Yeah. <laughs> so I, absolutely. I remember, yeah.
1: yeah. It, well, and you know, what I noticed too, is that it, it kind of affects your mood and like just your outlook on things sometimes, or just, just your interaction with people. Even, you know, you, you can, you notice it. Like sometimes I'll feel a little spacey. And, and I mean, obviously, we've both gone through this multiple times with all the different travels across the, every ocean we have. But like sometimes you get that like little spacey feeling and you're just like, am I, uh, am I dreaming? What's going on here? Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird. But, but yeah, I definitely, man, <laughs> I'll tell you something else, brother. Oh,
0: yeah. No, I don't. I don't like that journey. I could do the little short within Europe journeys, but that long one is rough.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and you, so I don't know about you. I'm one of those types of people who I can't really sleep on a plane. I I just I don't know why I'm just not good with it. Uh, I did get fortunate enough to have a whole row to myself. Like I paid for (laughs) one seat and I got all three there. No one had sat beside me. So I kind of I tried to curl up on the seats and chill out, you know, watch some movie Man, watch a ton of movies. By the way, have you seen Toy Story 4 yet?
0: No, but somebody wants me to get my wife to watch it because there's a character in it that they think would be funny to
1: her. Oh yes. Yes. It, it actually it's Keanu Reeves probably. And being her being a comedian. Yes. It's Keanu Reeves uh, he's the voice of that character. Yeah, no, it's pretty good. Hey, you know, like the first one, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of off there. Second one kind of gets sad. Third one's like pull the tears out type thing. This one, it, I don't know. It, it was really good. It was really, really good. A lot of laughter. Um, It was, it was good. I watched it, I watched it on the plane, man, you know, (laughs) but you know, what I, what I realized is like one of the things, and it's kind of, it kind of goes along with what we're actually going to talk about today, but Woody, you know, the character Woody, uh, Tom Hanks plays it, by the way, Tom Hanks, if you're out there, we're still waiting on the Benavidez movie. (laughs) Um, we're just, you're the guy to do it, you know, to put it together. Yeah. There's plenty of good actors out there, but we know you're the man that makes good war movies. So, uh, but, Or Clint Eastwood. He's also very good at... Um,
0: that's that's my guy. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Clint Eastwood. No. Yeah, but... Um, so, what I noticed about in the fourth one, though, is Woody, the character in himself, he doesn't seem so... Um, he doesn't seem as selfish, right? If you notice, and it's like a growth in And I don't know... Uh, two adults talking about cartoons, but Hey, whatever. Uh, but when you go from the very first episode, if you remember, like he was really selfish, right? When Buzz Lightyear came in and all that stuff, then you see a progression in this last one. It's almost like everyone else is more important than him. Like that's all he cares about. and And it's how he perceives things and how he, you know, how he's, he's constantly in tune with what's going on. He's paying attention and he's, I mean, there was like a small blip where you may think, oh, well, he's just thinking about himself. But it's just how he goes about it. And I was just like, man, that's really, really good. You know, Um, I think you guys are going to like it. So, But really, today, we're going to get into talking a little bit about uh, something that I think is going to help those listeners out there, and it's charisma. But we're going to make this like a three-part series type show. What do you think, man?
0: Uh, I have been looking forward to this ever since you – shot me the idea. I think it'll be interesting. And I think that the uh, way we're going to go about it is also going to add to how interesting uh, it's going to be.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And we don't want to let it out of the bag yet of how we want to go about this. But I can definitely say that after reading the stuff that uh, I've read over here, I'm like, man, this is really good stuff. I mean, it's it's informative. It's it's going to help people. And right before we you got on and we started chit-chatting like we normally do i was like you know what i want to know what the actual definition of charisma is right and here it is it's compelling attractiveness or or charm that can inspire devotion in others that that last part that or charm that can inspire devotion in others if that mm-hmm. doesn't sum up what an influencer is i don't know what is Okay, I mean that's that says I mean, a lot, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I,
0: I think it's spot on with what an influencer is. It's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and I think that that's why this episode is important too, uh, to help the influencers out there understand better, and hopefully me. I'm hoping to learn something. I mean, you know, you can all. You're never too old to learn. Uh, lifelong learning is a real thing. That's
1: exactly, uh, and the the great thing about this too is you know we're going to go into the different parts of it and we're going to look at all these aspects of it, but when I what I was thinking about with it prior to um, to you know kind of doing the research was we we talk about a lot of different things that's influence and all that stuff right and we talk about like just examples and ideas but it's like this is like one of those elements that you actually have to have to be an influencer. If that makes sense. Now you can be an influencer and and not have charisma, but are you going to re is it going to stick? Is it going to hold? You know I mean? Cause I can be influenced by somebody who does really bad things. Well, I'm influenced not to do those really bad things, but they never had charisma or anything like that. Right. But at the same time, I can be influenced by somebody who has good charisma and they're, they're in the general direction that I want to go. Like, I mean, you can just, you can think of all the different types of people out there, uh, in in the say the world of business. Maybe you know uh, people, Jeff Bezos. Uh, think about um, you could think about him. You could, I wouldn't. I, I did read somewhere on here that talked about Elon Musk has charisma, but I've I've heard him give speeches, and he has way, way too many us in his speeches, and it drives me crazy. So
0: I got one for you that I just saw on t- television, so all the listeners know. I'm, I'm a wrestling guy. Mm-hmm. I like wrestling. And wrestling moved to Fox. And um, oh, yeah, they in did. order they, to... Yeah. yeah, they moved to Fox. Um, well, the, the SmackDown show moved to Fox, and that's key, because they brought out the person who created the name for that show, SmackDown, and this dude mm. oozes charisma, uh, Dwayne Johnson. And I mean, yes. w- when that music hits on wrestling, when his music hits, there is not a person in that stadium that was sitting down They go ballistic as soon as they hear him. Well, that's part of his charisma. And that's in wrestling, that's a big thing. Like, that's what gets these guys to make it to the top. The more charismatic they are, you know, if they're not charismatic, yeah, they call it the pop. And then he comes out and he says stuff. And because of his charisma, he says things, and the whole audience responds to the things he says. That's just who he is. But then you flip it. And he's a successful businessman. He's a successful action star. You know, he's doing all these other things. He left wrestling many years ago. He just makes an appearance. But uh Dwayne Johnson is one of the biggest personalities out there. And he just charisma coming out of every eyebrow, every pore on him is charisma.
1: Yeah. Do you um do you follow him like on say Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at
0: all? Oh, Uh, all. All of them. (laughs) Okay, yeah.
1: I do too. And he puts out some of the greatest little videos that are filled with the elements that we're going to talk about with all the... So, with... Real quick, listeners, we're going to go over charisma, but we're, it's actually getting busted up into three different areas. And to, to I want to give all credit where credit is due. We actually found a lot of this information on the Art of Manliness uh, website. Uh, the guy that he created this quite some time back, he's done one of the things. He even has his own Art of Manliness podcast. I'll make sure I, um, I'll, I'll link all the websites and everything. That way, you know, credit is where credit goes. You know, they're doing an amazing thing. We just want to share what we're learning from this. Um, but with that, uh, I watch his videos on like Instagram sometimes, or, or sometimes like it'll be on Twitter. I mean, they they all connect, but I'll watch him and I'll be like, man, he's just, it's how he basically is able to work the whole situation. He understands it. And he has all those elements that we're going to literally talk about today with the first one. No, uh, there was, uh, it was not too long ago. He does a lot of special events too. the rock does or Dwayne Johnson. Oh yeah. Um, there was two different ones that really stood out to me, like really have stood out to me. Um, first one was, if you remember correctly, he has the stunt, uh, guy who basically does some of his stunts for him. Yep. Um, and he literally bought him, went out and bought a truck, Exact. Dwayne. He has a truck like this. He bought that guy a truck exactly like his and had it completely done, like tricked out like Dwayne's and then gave it to him. And it was just, you could see the emotion between the two and like there was a brotherhood there and you could feel the charisma uh, with that in a sense too. And the second one that really stands out to me, uh, he... It was a young lady. She asked him to the prom, but he couldn't because of he, I want to say he had some filming he had to do and he wasn't able to be there that particular evening. So instead he basically bought out like a theater. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, Yeah, I do.
1: He bought out the theater, uh, for a movie that he, I think it was a rampage was, it came out. He bought out the entire theater, sent her and her entire like high school class or whatever. And all the beverages, all the snacks, everything paid for on him. It was just, I mean, I mean things like that. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he could have just, but the way he explained it was what was cool. Because I want to say it was called in. He called in and they put him over the intercom at the school. And that's how he announced it. Like, you don't just do that. You know what I mean? If you're if you're just Joe Schmo, no, normally people would be like, just send him a letter or send him a uh, make a phone call real quick and tell him yeah. this. But he there was actually some thought about it, so that means he did some of the elements we're going to talk about to actually convey a conversation or, or communicate with this young lady of why he couldn't do it. He was sorry he couldn't do it, but here. I want you to have this. I want you to enjoy this on my behalf. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's something else, man.
0: Yeah. That's why he's, I mean, he's one of my, he's one of my favorite, not just wrestlers, but just celebrities. Actually, he wasn't all that great of a wrestler, but yeah, honest, he had like three moves, but he had charisma <laughs> and in his own words, he was the most electrifying thing in sports entertainment. So, um, but then he <laughs> took it, you know, like I said, he took it elsewhere The Dwayne Johnson foundation, um, make a wish. I believe he's like top five or ten people uh, for granting make a wishes. So those are like yeah. huge things, and it just his his overall presence as a uh, mm-hmm. athlete and a celebrity. Man, is just I, I I like the guy. Hopefully, there's never any kind of scandal that gets uncovered or something. But I really like the guy. It
1: just isn't. I don't know. Like you, almost feel like they. Like, this must be an imaginary person because you're exactly right. Now, he, okay, yeah, I mean, he has his, he probably has his skeletons, right? I mean, you know, anything I've ever seen online about the guy was always, has always been nothing but good stuff. Like, I've never seen anybody say anything bad about it, except for him and Kevin Hart. They seem to bash each other a lot, but.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> so. and Um, if you look like so I, I like his HBO show which is is not typical Dwayne Johnson language for the listeners out there it's it's a little bit more edgy, oh yeah but, uh yeah. if you look on there the, the executive producer of that show is his ex-wife if you look yeah, yeah, at a lot yeah, of yeah, his yeah. movies she gets produ- production credits uh, in a lot of his movies his ex-wife so that's just to me there he is again being a trailblazer Okay, it didn't work out. We got the force, but we still have a working relationship and we can be professional together. I think that, yeah. that's a trailblazer, again, saying that you can – it doesn't have to be perfect, but you can be mature. Yeah. So. Yeah. You
1: know what? There's – I want to say I just saw a commercial about this. ballers, right? You're talking
0: about? Yeah, I love that show. It's yeah. Pretty, so I just saw a commercial. Easy. I want to
1: – yeah no it's definitely not Um, so those of you out there if you decide to watch it make sure there's no children around because some of the language can be salty Uh, (laughs) but I want to say I just saw some of the credits you know because you know they'll show like some types of weird credits during commercials is Mark Wahlberg also
0: involved in that yeah he's involved in that too they did a movie together and they kind of started working together after that but yeah he's involved Mm -hmm. in that as well
1: and he is also rather charismatic himself.
0: Yes. Yes, he is. His actually his family might be. So <laughs> it might be a family thing.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But well, with that, obviously, you can tell the the next three shows that we're talking about doing are about charisma. But we're breaking them down into segments of charisma that we learn through this art of manliness. Um that, that, we, uh, that we found, basically. Um, the first one is basically dealing with presence. Now, we've talked about presence before, but this, it may be a little bit different than what you think of when it comes to presence. Then the next one's going to end up, it's going to be uh, charisma through power. Oh, and yeah. then the final one, <laughs> you like that one. Uh, and then the final one's going to be charisma in warmth, w- uh, through warmth. So... But we're gonna get right into this. Basically, there's like nine. The way that the author describes it is like nine different elements you've got to look at to really be able to have, you know, presence with charisma. All right. Uh, Right off the bat, though, conveying presence is a simple concept, but oftentimes difficult to actually achieve. You can't just fake it, man. If that isn't the truth, you really can't just fake it. I've met people, (laughs) Ed, that. We were just talking about somebody and earlier that I know that you know now, and he really sucked at presence with charisma. Um, And (laughs) it was always fake. I could always tell that person was faking. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. People are (laughs) surprisingly. What's
0: that? You can, you can actually, you can tell it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So to truly convey presence, you must actually be present. See, that's what presence is, It's being, you know, when we talked about this in mindfulness, didn't we, Ed, where we, you know, it's kind of like being in the present, being there, the now. And that's, that's, we did talk about it. Yeah. yeah. So if you think about it, this whole presence with charisma, it kind of builds off of that a little bit. So those of you who hadn't listened to, you know, the mindfulness deal that we talked about with Dr. Holtz, uh, go back and listen to it and hear what she has to say and maybe even check out some of the tools that we've recommended through there. Uh, those, I mean, Ed's been using them, he says. Uh, I've, I've definitely peered into them a bit, um, but that's like one of those things that we've really got to focus on is being in the present. This it says right here, it is. it takes a significant amount of willpower to focus all your attention on the person you're with at the moment. But like all things with practice, it becomes significantly easier. All right. So here we go. We're going to jump into these nine little areas and we're going to discuss it back and forth. First thing is first right here. Bring yourself to the here and now. Now we've talked about this, Ed. You you, you just told me, well, before we got started, you, you said you like to use a sauna and you use the first 15 minutes to do your meditation. When you're doing that, are you bringing yourself to the here and now or are you kind of, kind of explain that to us, man?
0: Yeah. So actually one of the tools that Dr. Holtz provided to us was the mindfulness app. And this is basically mindfulness. And every time you do a meditation, it pretty much tells you like, you know, to start to concentrate, feel your body, feel your feet touching the floor, feel the clothes on your, on your skin, You know, uh, listen to the sound. So it's bringing you to the here and now. It's like the very beginning of almost all meditations uh, on that app. It's one of the big focuses to get you to concentrate on right now, right here, and clear your mind. And then when you stray, it tells you to come back and just bring yourself back. Don't judge yourself for straying. Just bring yourself back. And eventually it goes to the breath, and it's like feel the temperature of the breath entering the rise of your chest, the fall of your chest or whatever and that's how you bring yourself to the here uh, and now so it 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 is definitely and it's in all tools not just the mindfulness one that Dr. Holtz provided but um, yeah so that that's kind of how I do it I get in the sauna 15 minutes I put my phone outside of course uh, and I have my headphones on and I just think about being in that sauna and hot very hot yeah. but yes
1: <laughs> yeah and, and I mean but you know, one of the things I've 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 noticed is like too if you and we've talked about this. You'd sit in the office or something, and maybe I was doing something else, and I wasn't in the here and now. So whatever you were saying, I wasn't focusing on. Instead of being more aware of, hey, I'm with you then. We're discussing something. I need to I need to push that focus towards it. You know, I mean, maybe you say something that makes me think of something else and then I write stuff down and now my mind is in, you know, I'm kind of like traveling down a little road in my mind of other things and I'm not quite listening to what you're saying. That's like, that. there should be like a little switch through practice, a little switch there that kind of says, oh, wait, 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 I need to be listening here and not focusing on this so much, right?
0: Yeah, and so that's the idea of practicing the here and now is if you practice it when you're meditating, then it's supposed to be easier when you find yourself in those situations to bring yourself um, and be more aware of the here and now at that moment. So really that's why they sell you to practice. But uh, through that app, like most of the practices are only like 10 minutes. So it's not even that it takes a long time. And as you gain expertise in it, then it's easier for you to recognize things bring yourself back and move on. You don't need necessarily 10 minutes. You can do it in a couple of seconds. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and it could be, and it, it doesn't have to be in an office or, or at a meeting or anything. I mean, you could be having like a, a walkabout with someone, you know, discussing things. I've always, I kind of always like those better. Like if somebody want to talk to me about something, just to walk around wherever we're at and talk about as we're walking, because I tend to pay attention more when I'm just walking along with someone because I have less I guess less distractions but that's my, that's like one of my coping things uh, but really bringing yourself to the here and now is the first step of this presence through charisma all right so the next one it's make sure you're physically comfortable it's hard to be fully present with someone when all you're thinking about is how uncomfortable tight your pants are or how hot it is. Uh, To that end, do what you can to ensure you are as comfortable as possible. As Antonio has emphasized numerous times, wear properly fitting clothes. Besides helping you look better, clothes that fit well make you feel better. Other things you can do to increase your physical comfort include getting enough sleep, laying off the caffeine, which uh, that might be a little tough for me (laughs) and adjusting the thermostat uh, to be more to be a more agreeable temperature. Now, right off the bat, as soon as I, you know, like when I was reading that earlier, uh, I thought of my kids like they're, 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 I mean, they're funny as all get out. And if they have pants on that their underwear is not agreeing with, and you know, it's like, is shimmying around and they're in their pants like you can't get them to focus on anything but that but my underwear doesn't fit right in my pants you know like that like that's <laughs> they're just focused on that so they're definitely not they're they're not in the present well they're in the present but they're in the present of their because their clothes don't fit right and they're not listening to you at all or they're not talking back or you know telling you what you know if you say, "Hey, how was your day at school? My underwear socks that's what's wrong. you know that type of thing <laughs> but but I mean, that's what it made me think of like oh. and then you chuckled when he when i I mentioned you know if the pants are too tight, why'd you chuckle for?
0: you set me up uh well, currently, it seems there's a style of that going on. I mean, maybe you're comfortable like that, I don't know. It seems to be a style to wear these uh, slim, I forget what they're, I don't even remember what they're <laughs> called, but I could. That's skinny a, jeans. Yeah, those skinny jeans. I just don't see how you can be comfortable, but maybe they're, they could. So in their defense, I would be uncomfortable, but maybe Brian wearing skinny jeans is not uncomfortable. So it just the first thing is I
1: don't wear skinny I mean,
0: jeans. I I would not wear yoga pants. Maybe <laughs> Brian would wear yoga pants and be comfortable like that. I'm just not as a matter of fact, I can tell you that if my shirt is tight, I'm not comfortable and I'm going to be thinking about it and pulling on it and whether it be the sleeves or or the chest or wherever, I'm going to be pulling on my clothes and I'm going to be uncomfortable. So I mean, I can see where they go. Uh you need to be comfortable in what you're wearing. Uh, so like I said, I mean, mm-hmm. if Brian's if Brian's down with yoga pants and skinny jeans, then that's what he's down with. I, uh, let's I, let's that's go. Ahead make, how he's comfortable and ready to think.
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and make sure this is a note. First thing is I'm not comfortable with yoga pants on me. Now, if my wife wants to wear them, I don't mind, but not on me. Uh, and also skinny jeans. I don't wear those either. I just wear decent jeans. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> there is a picture you're mentioning about oh. wearing like a yoga pants thing, and I keep I keep uh, remembering there's this picture of you, um, and you're remaking a pose uh, that your niece had done also, and it looks like you had on <laughs> some type of yoga pants or skinny jeans or something.
0: You want to tell us about that? So I. I was recreating a picture that my niece made. We were talking trash over hockey. My beloved Washington Capitals were playing the Toronto Maple uh, Leafs. And so I do have runner's tights that I wear under my sweatpants. But because in her picture she had on tights, I was like, well, I'm going to have to wear these for this picture. In the comfort of my own home. I'm not going out to the Starbucks with you, Brian, wearing. Them.
1: <laughs> oh, hey, those of you uh, if you haven't joined One Zero One Influences, the thing, <laughs> you go to the Facebook you join our group, and just be ready. There could populate a picture of Ed wearing his tights. I don't know I don't know. I'll have to talk to our uh, our social media people. <laughs> no, but I think you're right. Right. So, for instance, um for some reason long sleeves I, I like long sleeve shirts but if a long sleeve shirt uh, the sleeves aren't long enough or have shortened I get annoyed very quickly because of where it lands within my wrist or whatever and then I just won't ever wear that shirt again I just get rid of them because I I like them to you know reach a certain distance down on my wrist and then I'm good but if it if it's too short oh I, I'm just I'm uncomfortable and I I'll either roll the cuffs up or I'll just get rid of the shirt I mean, it's just, it's always hard to find a good shirt that's with the right measurements, and that's why I, I definitely can tell that there's reasons why people pay good money for uh, clothes that are either custom fit or they're they've been tailored enough to where they fit properly, you know. But I mean, then that makes sense too, because if I'm if I'm not paying attention to these clothes, then I can pay attention to what's going on because I'm not worried about that, and that's I mean, to me, that's a big thing. Uh, but he also talks about here when he says physically comfortable about getting sleep and then, well, I'll, once again, I won't, I don't know about the whole laying off caffeine because I do enjoy coffee and I do enjoy energy drinks, but I probably should, yeah. Uh, and then adjusting <laughs> the thermostat. Now, with it, getting some enough sleep, you've said it before, Ed, that you really, you feel like you need your X amount of hours of sleep. Absolutely. Do you think that, reaching those hours, that that helps you be more interactive with people to a sense where there's meaning and whatnot.
0: I think it makes me more aware and alert. And I think it does make me uh, a little more agreeable when I deal with people. Um, And I also don't compromise my sleep very easily. Now this week I did because we went and seen the Metallica S and M two movie concert. It was a one night only thing. So I did sacrifice some sleep for that. But, I mean, it's Metallica, so it was worth it.
1: <laughs> wow, yeah. Now, do, do you have, let me ask you this, do you have a certain number of hours you try to reach or you stay within?
0: Oh, at 7, I can give you the exact schedule. At 7.30, I'm going to my bedroom, and I'm going to read or oh. listen to an audio book. At 8, 8.30 at the latest, I'm going to close my eyes and go to sleep and get up at 4.00. I need seven to seven and a half though. Okay.
1: Yeah. See, and yeah, that's at,
0: at minimum.
1: and that's that's rather close to mine. Like, I want it at a minimum of six hours, but if I can get a seven to seven and a half, then I'm I'm happy. But if if I only get six, I'm good. If I get less than six, though, I don't. I just I know I'm off. If I get more, if I were to get more than seven and a half and the only reason I would ever get more than seven and a half is if I like have to take NyQuil or something and it knocks me out because I'm sick. Um, but yeah, that I think we're right there at about the same amount of time. Uh, and and I'm one of those people, too, like you, like you, you said, I'm going to I'm going to go do to bed like this. I'm the same way like here uh, or even if I'm home at a certain time. I know I get up at four o'clock. At a certain time, I'm going to bed. There's like I will be laying down and my eyes will be closed at least by this time. And then hopefully I'll fall asleep. So, yeah. Uh, And what I notice with me is it does help me be, uh, be more focused on the here and now in a sense. The one right there, it says adjusting the thermostat. Do you notice, Ed, that like if a room is hotter or colder that, you know, whether you're bothered or not?
0: You know, I really don't notice uh, Depending on the Like blanket situation Or um, If it's hotter or colder Doesn't affect me It's direct wind So my wife loves a ceiling fan Which we don't have here in Europe Mm -hmm. And she will turn that ceiling fan on All year round That bothers me when I try to sleep I can't have that wind blowing straight on me Mm -hmm. Uh, Now in the summertime Yeah, I prefer it But it's, you know when it's 80, 90 degrees out and we don't have AC, I prefer the fan just blow straight on me. But I don't know. Maybe it's the years in the military kind of it doesn't bother me as much.
1: Really? Yeah. So and I'm then I'm the total opposite there, because if I walk into my house, I can tell you if it's over 70 degrees. I can, like, it just, I feel it. And I'm like, hey, somebody touched thermostat. It must be like 71 or 72. <laughs> I'm not joking, man. My wife, she will tell you, like, I know if it's over 70. I just don't like it. I'm not comfortable. And that's only in the house. Like, if we're out walking around or whatever, I'm not bothered by it. But if, like, I'm in a room or something and it's over 70, I'm just, I'm not comfortable, <laughs> you know? Now, and oh. and so, obviously, we've got into a discussion about this. But audience out there, these are some of the things that you want to think about, Really? you know are you physically comfortable are these actually elements that you ever noticed and if you notice it then try to take a little bit more consideration in that cuz it will help you to be more focused as we go through this and to be able to be in the you know presence to have better charisma so the whole yeah. goal here is to go ahead
0: no it just it makes sense it's hard to concentrate on what you're saying if I'm uncomfortable Uh, with whatever i'm wearing or the temperature so then my presence is going to be off because i'm not really am i i'm not present in our conversation so it's i can see it i mean you i i notice it i'm telling you i will pull on my sleeves of my shirt if my sleeves are too tight and i'm not thinking about what you're saying i'm thinking about how uncomfortable my armpit is (laughs)
1: yeah exactly (laughs) it's just and that's the thing it's and and that's what we wanted. That's why we discussed it. Because then others can actually think about this things. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I do. I don't like it when I'm like this, or I do like this, and they can make those small, slight changes. To, and we're doing baby steps towards something bigger, right? Uh, Ed, you want to get over the? You want to go over this next one? Because I know this this next one to you is. Only, <laughs> I've seen. It seems like a pet peeve to you.
0: Yeah. Uh- So there's no danger of my uh, volume control ever being broke on my phone because it's never on. uh, So I don't have to switch it back and forth. Set your devices on silent and put them out of sight. This serves two purposes. First, it reduces the temptation for you to check them while you're engaging with someone. Second, it sends a strong message to the person you're with that you have your, that they have your complete attention and they're not sharing it with the smartphone placed on the table. The other thing, so I'm fortunate, like I said before, because where I work at, you can't have a phone. You can't have your smartphone. So that, that eliminates that piece. However, people will, I I am guilty of people coming to my office to talk to me, and if I'm on that computer, I'm listening, but it's like I have to click this one more thing. I have to type you know this mm-hmm. one more requirement in. Uh, so I think I'm going to work on this one. I'm actually going to, when somebody comes in and they're engaging me in a conversation, the way my desk is laid out, I'm going to slide to the left from in front of my keyboard and listen to them. And I'm going to practice this one as well as the next one at that time to see how it affects my presence. But, uh, the cell phone thing, I usually, when we go out to eat, I don't pull mine out eight times out of 10 until my wife pulls her phone out. Now I'm not saying all the time because I'm guilty too, but the majority of the time I would say she pulls her phone out. Then I'll pull mine out. Mm. Except I do have to check into Yelp, but I usually try to check into Yelp before I get to the (laughs) restaurant. Um, That's it, man. I'm a a pro Yelper. I'm
1: sorry. It makes me think about, you know, um, the office, my, how my office used to be set up actually where the computer was behind me. And if people come in, I couldn't actually see physically see my computer. So it wouldn't be a distraction. Um, and now the setup I'm I have more like an L desk, so the computer's to my right. If somebody's coming in and talks to me, I, I'll you if you're in my office, you'll notice because I'll kind of I'll turn almost to where my back is slightly to the computer. So even if like something goes on or dings or you know something pops up, I won't notice it, uh, just so I can have focus on the individuals there. Uh, another thing too is. I said earlier, when I'm, when I'm talking to people, or I'm conversating, uh, and I like to walk around with them. Uh, another one is my phone. I like to, I like to put it on vibrate also and leave it in my pocket. The only problem with that is I have that Garmin watch and it'll, it'll send alerts to that too. And it will, you know, it'll vibrate and I'll kind of look at it a second and then I'll just put my arm down. Uh, but you know what, maybe I'll, maybe <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll just try not to look at it when it, when it does that anymore, you know? see if we can work on that right there Um,
0: you gotta go back to uh the listeners need to go back to the kevin cruz episodes when we talk about the the smartphones and the impact and the effect of them and and how Mm -hmm. hard it is like we want to know what that watch says so we have to look at it you know what i mean like um so yeah i would encourage listeners to go back there's a whole nice piece about smartphones and putting them down Mm -hmm. but i can tell you i'm forgetful so i always switch my smartphone to off like it doesn't vibrate it doesn't anything uh because i'll go into a movie or something i'll forget if i don't so i just i I literally cut it off and then i forget to ever cut the ringer back on so if you get me you get me if you don't you don't uh because of where i work can't have no watch Mm -hmm. can't have a smartwatch. so yeah Better call the office.
1: (laughs) It's one of those things, man. It gets me sometimes and I'm like, oh, why did I look at that? I feel bad. You know, like I actually feel bad for looking at either my watch or my phone when somebody's talking to me. Um, But once again, this is all it's kind of works, you know, things in the works. You know, one of the things I noticed, too, when you said I've already kind of I said I talked about previous shows with presence and then you brought up the Kevin Cruz thing. It seems to be everything that we have studied, Ed. Just over the past year, because we've been studying this stuff and and engaging on this over a year now. Now we've only been we've had episodes come out since January, but it was it was well over a year ago that we started like the research and doing things. It's a lot of the same stuff over and over again, and and I, I don't want to say it. Oh, it's the same thing, but to me, it's evidence and proof that's what it needs to be or that's how you should try to do things because it works you know what i'm saying
0: yeah no i i like that uh when we talk about a new topic we can reference back to other shows because i feel like that means that we've been doing meaningful work uh Mm -hmm. in the past already you know and it's all coming together it's like uh, you know, it's like one episode is Thor, one episode is the Hulk, one episode is Spider-Man, and then now we're doing Avengers. And then we go at it again.
1: So
0: that's <laughs> well, how I think about it. <laughs>
1: that's actually that's a good way to put it, too, man. Wow. Yeah. Hey, so let me ask you this. Have you ever noticed, um, depending upon what type of gender you're with, how you sit with them and talk?
0: Uh, I mean... The language, I guess, would change.
1: No, no, like really. No, no, No. no, I mean like position. So, for instance, did you ever notice that men tend to sit beside each other and talk and they're both facing the same direction? And then normally if uh, women or a man and a woman are talking, they tend to face each other.
0: I I can tell you that I'm an exception. I can't sit beside somebody and talk to them. Really? Yeah. No, I can't. It, it it irks me. Even the person that I share our office with, uh, we're side by side, but I have to turn and face them to speak to them. I can't. Oh, yeah, no, I, I don't do that. Wow, I'm an exception. I, in fact, I'm uncomfortable talking to you from the side. Now, if we're walking, that's one thing, but like yeah. actually sitting in the office, no, no, I need to be face to face or you know some kind of angle, but not side by side. See, I'm I'm slightly different
1: then because I. If, if I can sit on a bench and talk to someone, I feel comfortable. But if they're in front of me, I feel, I almost, I would say, I wouldn't say feel threatened, but I almost like they're, they're crowding me if they're right in front of me if you so remember and i wanted to so think about this when how my desk used to be and you would come in and you sit at a chair i never sit directly like onto you i kind of always sit to the side slightly like i turn my chair slightly i just i don't know that's how i've always and i'd read something about that too but it's weird that you uh you want to face them
0: yeah i love i want to face them i don't like the even when my wife and i go out to eat we I sometimes you know try to be romantic I'm like oh sit beside me and she already knows I'm gonna be uncomfortable so when we go out we, sh- we won't sit side by side
1: oh yeah, yeah. me and my wife don't sit beside side we usually sit directly across from each other but my yeah. face will face the person and I'll look at the person it's just almost like I don't want my whole body I don't I don't know it's yeah no so that no, leads me to the I next
0: square one. I want to square up with them <laughs> <laughs>
1: you want a battle just uh in so case. that leads us to the next one it talks about <laughs> yeah uh look the person in the eye when they're talking now some i mean you can only stare somebody so long in the eye and then all of a sudden it kind of gets creepy uh but <laughs> i mean other than that yeah you want to look people in the face look them in the eye you you want to pay attention uh numerous studies have shown that people who make higher Levels of eye contact with others are perceived as possessing a load of desirable traits including warmth, honesty, sincerity, competency, confidence, and emotional stability. And not only does increased eye contact make you seem more appealing in in pretty much every way to those you interact with, it also improves the quality of that interaction. Eye contact in Im- imparts a sense of intimacy to your exchanges and leaves the receiver of your gaze feeling more positive about your interaction and also more connected to you. So one of the things I tend to do with this head is smiling, right? So if I'm talking, and if it's something, obviously I want to talk about the good things, I'm going to be smiling the entire time during the good things, right? Um, And if they're, you know, obviously certain sensitive subjects in certain conversations, you 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 got to use your emotional intelligence and talk a certain way, look a certain way. But that's what I notice sometimes is I try to reflect off to someone if I'm facing them, uh, confidence or uh, happiness with you know kind of like a grin or a smile, and you can tend to see them uh, feel the warmth or open up more if if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and that's something, I mean, my father always taught me that when you talk to, you know, a man, he would say, but either way, he always taught me, when you talk to a man, you look a man in the eye. And I've always I've always been big on that. Like, you look at him because, one, if you don't make eye contact to me, so if I'm having a discussion with you, Brian, and, and you keep looking down, then I question your confidence in whatever it is we're talking about, especially if we're talking about, you know, Uh, how we're going to go about the curriculum change or how we're going to, you know, provide this service or that service. I I feel like you lack confidence when you start looking down and looking away. Uh, So to me, I think eye contact sends a message that I'm in the here and now and in this conversation and I'm, I have a vested interest.
1: Mm -hmm. So what the author here has to say too, is it's important to note that while eye contact works well in building intimacy in friendly situations, recent research suggests it may backfire when you're trying to persuade someone who's skeptical of your point of view. I guess that could be because maybe your eye contact could be uh, perceived as trying to be intimidating when you're trying to actually persuade. So there's that, once again, I think that falls in that uh, that line of, having good emotional intelligence on the situation too and you know kind of kind of knowing the people you're dealing with um, you, you can't always do that. you don't know every i mean if if you have a brand new client and you're dealing with them obviously you don't know them so you got to feel them out in general conversation first and i mean to me that's that's how i get to know someone's you know, I greet them with a good handshake. L- like you said, I've o- I-, I was taught that shake a man's hand and a man or woman, uh, shake their hand firmly but not too firm. You're not trying to sh- overpower them, but you're going to show that you ha- you have some type of strength. Uh, one of the other things, and uh, guys often, well, hey, no, no, you don't have to stand up. But I've always been one of those one of the people that anytime I shake someone's hand, I have to at least make the attempt that I'm standing or I'm rising to shake their hand. It's just I don't know. I, I feel like that. That's kind of I think it's a a sign of respect. So in a sense, I I look at that as almost is the same as the eye contact uh, to Mm -hmm. rise, look them in the eye at their level and shake their hand. Obviously you're way taller than me, so you probably don't have to stand up so much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's still polite to, you know, at least I believe it's still polite to kind of stand up and, Mm -hmm. and, and shake their hand. You know, I, and it's weird because it's so much handshaking that goes on in the military, especially at meetings and all this other stuff. Now, and at first, I was kind of like, uh, "I really don't like this." But now, it's kind of like, "Okay, I got it. I know. I know the reason behind it." As a young soldier, I didn't understand why I got to shake everybody's hand.
1: You're starting to understand. how to, I get it. I get it now. You're starting <laughs> to understand how to play the game. I got you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. it's it's a balance absolutely
1: (laughs) yeah uh so the next part you want to talk about uh nod to show that you're listening are you nodding right now
0: well brian (laughs) i would like to because we've uh we've done this before too so now we've made eye contact right so an easy way to convey presence is through body language and more specifically nodding your head but be judicious with the (laughs) noggin with the noggin nods an overabundance can indicate you're trying too hard to please and agree with the person, which decreases their perception of your power. Also, only not at appropriate times. You'll need to be truly listening to know when nods make sense. So here's one of those things. like I've, I've talked to people and they nod. And at first it's like, okay, they're listening. And now they look like a bobblehead. And now I'm distracted trying to provide my message to them because they're noggin nodding or noggin nods are excessive. So you got to be cautious with that. But this is active listening. We've, we've talked yeah. about this as well. So here we go on, you know, the impact our show has had and how we've, we've got building blocks.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and it's almost like we're taking a lot of these different things, these elements, and bringing them back together again. It's funny that you say that too, because I have had conversations with people and I literally got so distracted by all the head nodding that I lost I lost track of what I was saying because of what was going on. You know what I mean? Like, it literally distracted me that much. Yeah. So, I totally understand it When somebody just kind of keeps shaking their head and you're like, are you, do you got Tourette's or what's going on? Not to make fun of anybody with Tourette's, I'm just saying. No. But it, they just keep nodding their head and I'm like, what is going on? You're agreeing with anything, you know? So, yeah, that's insane. Exactly. Yeah. I think the next one actually correlates well with the nodding and the eye contact. And once again, you know, a big part of the presence or being present is communication, is effective communication, which we've talked about. But this very next one is asking clarifying questions. That one to me, that's what really engages. It, It basically pulls all this together. The eye contact Shows that I'm paying attention. And I'm looking at you. The nodding says I'm confirming what you're saying in a sense, and then the clarifying question says, "Help me understand, just in case I don't understand." Right. So now I'm I'm invested. That's w- that's what is telling the the receiver there that that you're, you're you're conversating with or you're you're building this charisma with is help me become more connected with you. Uh, right here, the author talks about it. An easy way to show someone. That you're completely, completely there with them is to ask clarifying questions after he or she has spoken. For example, you could ask, "When you say blank, what exactly do you mean?" See, and I've used that multiple times, multiple times, Ed. Where I'd be like, "Well, when you say this, do you, what is it you actually mean?" Matter of fact, I think I just said it to my wife today earlier. Because she was telling me well, she was telling me something about um, oh goodness, what was it? It was, it was something to deal with the PTO and stuff. And she made a comment. I said, well, what does that actually mean? And then she explained it to me. And I was like, oh, okay, I understand. That, that's kind of like this. I want to say, oh, that's what it was. She was explaining to me they're building a continuity book, but they didn't call it that right? They call it, she called it something else. And I was like, well, what is that? And she's like, oh, it's just kind of like a process as how we do things. I was like, oh, that's a continuity book uh, to show other people how things were accomplished. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, well, yeah, we just never called it that. I'm like, oh, okay. That's how I understand. But I was able to ask the right question to show my wife that I was paying attention. Husbands, this is the point in time where you need to pay attention to the show. <laughs> Those of you out there, Ask those clarifying oh. questions and then your wives will know that you're paying attention to them. Okay? All right. As we go on. Ed, what do you got on this? <laughs> what are you thinking?
0: Yeah. So this is you can overuse this as well, though, because I work with a guy and uh we'll be in meetings and people will say every time somebody says something, he'll say, Okay, so just to be clear, you mean da-da-da. Or just to be clear, just for my own Clarity, da 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 And He uses every single point that's made pretty much, and it's like, okay, th- you're overusing this, but I, I can see the effectiveness of it too. But again, be cautious of overusing it, mm-hmm. just like when we talked about your uh noggin nods,
1: absolutely, yeah, and and so we're not just talking about doing this with business situations either, though. We're also talking about this with personal relationships with people because charisma comes in so many different, like it, it, it can be used so many different times because once again, we're talking about influencing people and using charisma to influence people is absolutely probably one of the better ways to do it because it, it's more flowy. It's more natural of influence. And when I say this, like you can use it in your personal relationships, you can use it within your family, you can use it within your community. If you're like some type of community organizer, you could use it in whatever like religious background you're a part of. Um, just there's so many places you could. But the author talks about how you can actually use certain other types of questions during casual conversation. And those questions were what was your favorite part of that? Or what was the hardest part of that for you? And this kind of takes me back, At This takes me back to when we did the Kevin Cruz show. And if you remember, no, it wasn't Kevin Cruz. I picked that back. It was when we did the science of likability show. And we broke that up into two episodes. But if you remember correctly, we were able to engage people about things that they enjoyed. Because now, when you engage them again and you were to use that same thing, you actually bring. Uh, a happy memory to them, right? So, to help use, if you say things like, "Well, what was the hardest part for you?" But you, or or you start the conversation, "What was your favorite part?" That's using that science of likability. That's that's getting them to you know explain to you what they loved, and that they're going to be happy saying it to you. So now, if you were to engage them again at some more some other time, it's the same thing. So, science of likability, charisma, kind of the same thing, wouldn't you say?
0: uh yeah in another great book too right absolutely um but yeah i think that science like ability actually gave us a glimpse at you know the the, the well the science it gave us a glimpse at the science of being a charismatic yeah. influencer or leader
1: right yeah so avoid fidgeting you do you do that much
0: Uh, So if somebody comes to my office and we're going to have a serious conversation, I put everything away on my desk because I will play with whatever's on there. And when (laughs) we were in uh, the academy together and we were teaching, my students knew because I would literally tell them, I got to put this away or else I'm going to play with this while I'm supposed to be here facilitating this class because I am a fidgeter if it's there. Now, if nothing's on my desk, I'm good. But if something's on my desk, got to touch it. (laughs) <laughs> it's just me. I'm the same
1: way though. Like a pens, like this right here. Oh yeah. I will sit there and click a pen, and I don't mean to because my thumb will get on it, and, and it's like something to fidget with. Or I'll twirl my pen in my hand, and what well, I'm doing it right now, <laughs> so everyone can see that in their imagination. I'm twirling my pen in my fingers, and I have to, and I'll catch myself, and I'll just set it down, and then somehow I don't know how this happens. Somehow that pen gets back in my hand, and I have no idea. <laughs> so, but hey, the author here. Others talking about fidgeting. Fidgeting signals to the other person that you're not comfortable or content, and that there's somewhere else you'd rather be. So don't twiddle your thumbs or or play with your phone or, or you know play with a pen, obviously, and avoid looking around for what else is going on. Which signals to the other person that you're searching for a better opportunity than your current one. Yeah, you know, sometimes. So, out of my peripherals, if if I'm in an if, if I'm in a closed room, it's not as bad. But if I'm like out and about, my with, for instance, my peripherals, I'll see something and it just grabs my attention. Especially if I like I'm in a larger area, a lot of a, a crowded room, or, or just an area where there's a lot more people. All the different moving people they distract me. And that's like I, I, I'm trying to be more cognizant of that. I don't know if you're like that or not, but I could see how that could that could be perceived as I don't want to pay attention to you right now because all this other stuff is more important than you. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So in in those situations, Brian, when there is a lot of people, it's easy to distract me because I'm a I'm a people person, or not people person, but a pe- I'm a person watcher. People are. watcher. Person watcher doesn't sound very good. I'm a people watcher. That's why I love going to the airport. Makes you sound like a stalker. <laughs> because it's just it's something about watching <laughs> and interacting with people. And then because I have a small comedic side, sometimes I'm like, I wonder what they're saying. And now I'm not paying attention to what the actual speaker is saying because I'm going, I wonder what those two are talking about. So I am easily distracted. And to me, distracted. I'm easily distracted <laughs> So, it's like a, it's almost mental fidgeting is what it really is. Uh, you know, yeah. now in the military, yeah. you know, we have sometimes people, certain people come to speak. So, like, Sergeant Major Army comes to speak. Yeah, it's not a lot of fidgeting going on because a lot of people are not moving. Like, he has their undivided attention based off of his rank and position. So, it's easier to pay attention to somebody like that. Or, you know, if you go to hear somebody speak. So, like, my sister got to see, um, see or hear Jocko speak. All right, so if I'm in the room and Jocko's speaking, I'm probably not paying attention to nothing else but Jocko at that moment because I'm invested in what he's saying. I really care about what he's saying, and then I'm not going to mentally be fidgeting. So it's just, it's weird in, in a big room like that. And it depends on what day it is, how I feel that day. Am I tired? Go back to sleep. Certain things could make me, my mind wander, eat more easily uh, than others. But yeah, I'm the people watching thing is it's a curse. It makes me mentally fidget.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think one of my biggest ones too, is, um, if I'm in a, 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 a larger area and there's a baby crying, it distracts. I, I, my eyes just start wandering looking for that baby. I don't, huh. I, just, I don't know why it that's just the, does. That's the, you know,
0: that's the dad side. It's
1: weird. It? No, I'm normally, I'm looking to say, uh, t- no, nah, I better not. Say. <laughs> 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 and cut <laughs> no um so hey this next part ed uh we talk it, it it's going into don't think about how you're going to respond while the person is still talking do you do you ever do that like you actually are you know you're engaged in conversation and you're actually start getting stuck in your own thought of how you want to respond to this person and you're not continuously listening to what they're saying
0: so it's funny Because I was reading this article today and I was thinking, I am so guilty of this because you want to, to me, I've always wanted to be like immediately ready with a response to show that I'm on an even uh, playing field with that person as far as intellect or whatever. But in reality, the message I've been sending is, yeah, I wasn't listening to you because I was getting ready for what I wanted to say. So mm-hmm. I realized that reading this article today in preparation for this show, very interesting.
1: Oh, and I, I correlate it almost the same way as you, two, you do too. I've noticed it more. I'm one of those people I think time is money, right? And obviously in our profession, we, we basically make salary, so we don't make more money by getting more done. But at the same time in my brain, the way I think is the more mm-hmm. I can get done or accomplish – Means I've made more money in a sense, uh, I guess, like leadership capital or whatever you want to call it. Because in in my particular position, that's what it is. Because I'm usually taking care of somebody or getting a tasking done to get things taken care of, you know, in production. So I've often, I wouldn't say often, because it's not, it doesn't happen that much. But I found myself before listening to someone, and I'm I'm kind of mentally putting their concerns on the back burner really and I'm actually coming up with a way to disengage that conversation and I don't mean to do it sometimes but I'm like I gotta I gotta move on to the next thing this person is just rambling when they talk and what I I have to do is I have to kind of kickstart myself again and say no I gotta listen to them and then I'll use those engaging questions and stuff like that it's just you know when you are talking with somebody who just loves to chatter you know and they just talk 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 and it's kind of like what I'll tend to do also is I'll be, so what I like to say is, so what do I need to, to do to help you through this? And usually that kind of starts ending the conversation. I don't know. It's just, I didn't, I never did it to you, man. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, now I feel, now I feel a certain kind of way. Like I'm not loved. Um, <laughs> but <now> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, yeah, it's just, I think
1: that's a habit I have. Um, and I've I've done well to recognize it and move past it. That's, you know.
0: Well, well, that's very interesting. Uh, but would you say that learning to recognize it, and move past it is a form of lifelong learning and the development of Brian?
1: Oh, absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you're trying to become better.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's excellent. Um. Yeah. So this is another one. You know, I talked about earlier. I wanted to try some something from the article. This is another one. I think I need to try. I I think I need to. You know, and he talks about uh, wait two seconds before responding. Is like the next little piece there, and um, I need to work on that because I'm telling you, I will interject and jump in right away, especially at work. Um, and and then in an environment I'm in, because like I said before, I work with a bunch of you know captains and officers and i want them to know that i'm not just a coffee maker for them that i I can be involved in their conversation too so i'm prepping you know i'm loading i'm loading my guns and as soon as i see the opportunity (laughs) i jump into the conversation and i just start firing off but i I never thought of it like now they're going oh he wasn't even listening (laughs) so strange Mm -hmm. yeah interesting it is it is a little
1: bit weird, yeah, well, I mean it, and what the author says here, it kind of makes sense to me. It talks about our inner conversational narcissist wants to be ready to jump in and start talking as soon as there's uh, an opening and that's because it seems like we, we are we all have a tendency to have our own little narcissism uh within us, and it's knowing how to keep that at bay that will help us uh, right here also says but if you're thinking about what you're going to say you're obviously not fully listening to what the other person is saying it's natural to want to have an idea of what you're going to say before you say it but it's okay to work through your responses as you're giving it embrace the pause and that's one of the that's pretty much the ne- the, the very next area that we're going to get into talking about the pause but it's basically listening to what they're saying actually listening and not just thinking about how i want to respond i want to tell them this i just want to i want to get rid of them or i want to do this or that you know that's you know it's a it's a big thing it's low status individuals that talk the most and feel the need to fill every silence that that's i'm kind of curious about that one uh so, hey, the, the very next part, Ed, uh, we're going to get into this pause situation. You want to you wanna kind of brief us up on it?
0: Yeah, so I kind of talked about it just a minute ago, but uh, I jumped the gun just a little bit. But wait two seconds before responding. And that's what I was talking about with the, with the captains, right? Breaking in a very instant a person pauses or stops talking signals to them that you were doing the above. Thinking about what you were going to say instead of fully listening to them. Nonverbal behaviors are more powerful than verbal ones. So use this trick from Cabane to show you're really tuned in. When someone has spoken, see if you can let your facial expression react first. Showing that you're absorbing what they've just said and giving their brilliant statement the consideration it deserves. Only then, after about two seconds, do you answer. The sequence goes like this. They finish their sentence your face absorbs it, your face reacts, then and only then you answer. Oh, this would be a challenge for me. So when people are speaking to me, particularly if they're saying something that's off the wall or I feel is uh, less than stellar, it is immediately going to be written on my face. Uh, I have been told this many, many times. So I have to work on that one because – I go, they are (laughs) in the middle of their sentence. Your face reacts. (laughs) They finish their statement. Then and only then would I answer. So I'm going to to work on that one a little bit because, yeah, yeah, the the face reaction thing cannot be step three for Uh, me currently.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hey, so (laughs) I laughed so hard (laughs) at you. We did a hail and farewell. It was was some time back. Um, It was – I don't, I don't know. It was probably back in April, maybe, or so. I want to say it was April. And it was at this farewell, and there was somebody up speaking, and I'm listening to what they're having to say, and in my mind, they're, they're speaking to this whole group of people. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's what I'm, I'm, like, literally saying it in my brain. Are you kidding me? You know, like, that type of thing. They finish up and whatnot. These two warrant officers, they come over and they talk to me, and they're like, listen, first arm you probably should try to hold a still face when people are talking like that. And I said, why? What what do you mean? (laughs) They said, your face the entire time looked like you were saying, are you kidding me? And I'm like, oh crap, that's what I was saying.
0: That's that's (laughs) exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I I find it difficult at times. um, But when I'm trying to engage someone, it's a little bit different for me. If I'm trying to engage them and I know I'm trying to kind of uh, use some type of charisma to me. I I'm not going to do that. Right. I'm going to give them, I, I like what they had to say There, you know, your face absorbs. So you really don't make a face or sometimes like you, you'll catch me squinting my eyes a little bit because, you know, I'm thinking like, that's, I guess that's just my think face. I don't know. Um, and then your face reacts. Uh, so it could be kind of like a head nod or, you know, with a, mm-hmm, you know, type situation. Uh, and then you answer <laughs> that, that's effective i I know that because I've done this before that's effective very much so um so, what are your thoughts, man?
0: Well, first of all, I'm glad you shared that with me because I thought it was the only one that could not control or notice that they're there're expressing themselves with facial gestures <laughs> from, in the middle of something. I thought it was just me, man, yet another way we can bond um, <laughs> yeah, so it's something to work on though it's something to improve. I, I didn't realize it until a few years ago. And I've told the story on the podcast before uh, when I found out that I did that. Apparently my wife had known way before that. But Hmm. So it's something to work on, especially, you know, like for you, like the position you're in and, and, you know, all eyes are on you generally. So it's important that you work on your facial gestures (laughs) so that you're not sending the wrong message. (laughs) I mean, communication is such an incredible thing. It's so incredible.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and, and the ideas um, that we've we've discussed here and we've talked about in many other shows before. As I've used them, or I've obviously I've used some of them already. But then when we talk about them, I I it's funny how it works out for me, Ed. But if we tend to talk about it on the show, I will use it within that week. It's I. That's just how I am. Um, and when I do that. I'm more uh I'm more in the present, so to speak, with what's going on. And I'm I'm almost doing like, you know, this is that last show we had uh, uh not too long ago where we talked about the AAR. I'm almost after I after I use that, I'm almost like doing a mental AAR on myself about using that. Was, did I notice it work? Did I see a change? You know, all these things I'm asking myself um uh, internally. But I I'm 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 kind of excited to get into the next two areas also because you have to take all three. And that's that's kind of how charisma is all linked together. Like It's not just being in the present and listening and having good communication skills. There's other things about it. Right? And we're going to get into those after. Um, one of the key things, and I'll, I'm going to try to put it in the show notes also, is we're not the only ones who talked about this. We actually, you know, we did some research and we found this material, uh, this information. And we loved it. So we we're like, hey, let's tell this to our audience because they should know about this too. Um, this actually was talked about on the Art of Man Linus podcast it was actually, I want to say episode number 72, and it's called The Charisma Myth. Uh, so give it a listen. I, it's a, does a, He does an interview with Olivia Fox uh, Cabane, I want to say, uh, who talks about charisma so you know don't just, just just listen to what we have to say go and find more information from other people that's that's the whole point about it is absorb more ed says lifelong learning well that's part of lifelong learning find all these different sources and use them because i don't know ed in your past you've obviously had multiple different leaders and you've taken elements from all of them to create who you are right
0: okay <laughs> yeah yeah now,
1: but with that would you be more effective if you if you try? Do you think you would just try to act like one person only, or do you enjoy you know taking all these different elements and and kind of combine them into that what you are?
0: I enjoy the combination. I really like the aha moment when you're like, oh, that was Brian. That that was that was Weber. I just did. That's absolutely him. Or you know, that was the bearded ninja. Um, so I enjoy when when you actually do something and you're like, oh, holy crap, that's, you know, it's like when your kid crum, coming up, right? And what do you say? Oh, no, I'm becoming my father. Or, oh, no, I'm becoming my mother. Or yeah. whatever. It's the same idea.
1: <laughs> it is.
0: I, so I kind of like that when you identify it. And then, um, you know, every once in a while, like well, my wife will even call me out. My good friend, Joe Leon, has some gestures and I used to do an impersonation of them. And every once in a while accidentally slide into this impersonation talking about something totally unrelated to him. My wife would be like, okay, Leon. And that's just weird. But (laughs) yeah, he does this hand swing thing uh, anyway.
1: (laughs) But but that's, and that's what I was getting to though with it, man. It's like, it's the same thing as if, if resources, I'm not going to, I'm just, I'm not going to just pull information from this one area and be, uh, be almost like closed minded instead it's, probably better oh well we're talking about charisma well here's some other places you can go talk you can go listen to other people or read about charisma um i think to me that's setting people up for success is what it is um but i mean that's here nor there i just wanted to talk about that a second so people can actually go and look at this stuff um let's want to throw the task out there this is the deal ed and i talked about it beforehand actually um, we were messaging back and forth and then when we got on, he finally, he he talked to me about it. Uh, This is what we want to try to do. So we're doing this as a three-part series. So we want to make it almost like a three-part task. This time we talked about presence and there were nine little elements sort of uh, to help you have more presence when engaging people to have better charisma, right? What we want you to do is select one or two. Now, you can go three, four, whatever you want, but select at least one or two and try to use those this week. So this week, I want you to try to use them. I'm going to put a post on the closed Facebook group. The same thing, select one or two of these elements of presence and let us know how it went for you. And just let us know, hey, did you notice something? Did you uh? W- did you feel more engaged? Did you did did the person that you were speaking to or dealing with, they were were they more drawn into you? Were they, or maybe was there an opposite effect? That's what we want to talk about. Uh, Ed was like, "Hey, I can't wait to try this this week. I'm pretty excited too. I think I think a couple of the things that uh, I I really want to try is you know like the fidgeting part." I really want I mean, I already try to do that, but I'm, I want to concentrate on it now. Like I want to actually make it a, a goal of mine. Um, Ed, what, which ones do you think you want to kind of make a goal for you?
0: So I'm going to be doing some uh, traveling with my wife this weekend, and I'm going to uh, try one in my personal life. I'm going to absolutely set my cell phone to the side uh when we're like going into these museums or wherever we're going and to eat and i want to see kind of so really am looking for the influence i have on her so if i set mine aside maybe the first time she doesn't but maybe mm-hmm. the second time she does so i will tell you we did this a couple weeks ago and i put up a picture on my personal facebook uh we went to macaroni grill they have a macaroni grill here on base and they have the white paper Lucky. on there and it really turned into a uh, Comparison of, of writing Like oh I used to write my J like this Now I write it like this And and it was all sparked because the waitress Wrote her name on that paper upside down Using a crayon So then we we spent like the whole meal Writing on this paper And we never touched our phones And it was like I told my wife when I got it said that was incredible That was an excellent dinner So I'm hoping to get that kind of impact from her By doing this on our trip and then uh-huh. uh, the other thing, so for work, I'm going to use some more clarifying questions um, when I'm attending these meetings and when I'm interacting with the, the other captains that I work with. I'd like to try to see, like, the impact of it, you know. Um, the fidgeting mm-hmm. is easy because I keep my desk cleaned off because I know I'm bad for that. So, And uh, finally, personal and professional, that facial expression thing, Brian. We're both gonna need to work on that one. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, oh yeah. That's a, that's a that's a definite for me. Um, and that's why, uh, like my the the other one I want to work on is that wait two seconds before responding and using what the uh, what they said there. The you know, let them finish their sentence. Your face absorbs it. Your face reacts, and then you give them your answer. That pause also allows for quick thinking too. So, in um, allowing to for a better reaction. Um, but yeah, definitely. So just those of you out there, think about it. We want you to select one or two of the elements of presence within Charisma uh, and try to use these. Uh, you'll also find the link if you're want. If you wanting to read about what we discussed here or what the article has actually has. Because we cut a bunch of stuff out of the, the the beginning of the article. We didn't talk about that. So if you want to go and check that out, you can just scroll down where the show notes are whatever platform you're listening to and just click on the the hyperlink and it should take you right to the, uh, the actual article, which also has at the very bottom of it, the, uh, a link to the podcast for that episode, which I'll also try to link just in case. Uh, but, but yeah, um, great show. I enjoyed talking about this. I'm kind of excited to where the very next one, the next one goes. I understand the third one about charisma through warmth. I've, I've, I've kind of been studying up on that a bit, uh, because I, I find that, um, it's an element that if you don't understand it, you don't understand how to use it. It's, it's kind of weird. Mm. Um, but the next one I'm kind of excited about because you actually, you actually brought something up to mind that you're talking about. I'm the gorilla in the room type thing. I'm like, uh, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. But the next one we're going to talk about is charisma through power. Uh, what do you got brother?
0: yeah so i'm super looking forward to charisma through power i've already read the article once i'll reread it before we uh before we record and then the warmth is another opportunity for me to do some learning uh and maybe maybe through our discussion brian maybe i'll find out i'm not the gorilla in the room i don't know i feel like i am so i know you did i I know you did deadlift 315 so maybe you're the new gorilla you can be a baby oh i'm not that i'm not yeah i I'm
1: a, I'm a baby gorilla no. <laughs> and i'm also I'm, I'm a british baby gorilla no <laughs> that was no. terrible That <laughs> <laughs> is horrible you're like in europe and you're like that doesn't sound pretty you suck no yeah. <laughs> no I, and i'm pretty excited about it Um uh, getting into these things with you man because i i think i truly believe understanding charisma at the individual level, uh, of any, any person will help them become a better influencer period. I, that's like literally can, to me, I think this is kind of like a foundation skill that a good influencer needs to know how to do. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I think that the, all three of these episodes are really going to be valuable to not just our listeners, but us as well. So, um, absolutely be awesome. Yep.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, with that, I don't have anything else to say or to bring up. Ed, do you have
0: anything else? I think that uh, this is the wrap for the show. Uh, it sure is. I was going to do a British accent, but mine's probably worse than yours, and it just doesn't allow me to make fun of I can't make <laughs> fun of you if I do a worse one. So we'll just stick with, I think this is a wrap, Brian.
1: Okay, we shall win. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. I don't know what that was either. <laughs> No. I think he's drunk. Yeah. Is, he, is he drinking? No. No, uh, so hey, remember, hey, check us out. If you if you haven't checked us out yet uh on Facebook, 101 Influence, put it in the search bar and hit enter. Instinctive Influencers podcast will come up. Join our, our closed Facebook group if you want to be a part of like the discussions or answer some of the questions that we post. Pretty much with every episode, we have some type of thing that we, we post on there as a task. Uh, with this one, we want you to try out a couple of things that we just talked about. So, hey, just check us out. We appreciate the support. Keep doing that. Um, send us any in information. Hey, if you have an idea about something that you'd like to hear more about or you'd like to share with this show, send it to us because we would love to share it. We're, I mean... It's lifelong learning. That's what we talk about almost every single show. I don't think we've done a show yet where we didn't bring up that phrase. Um, So with that, I am Brian. And I am Ed. And this has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. We thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.